Welcome to the Grace of Eugene podcast. We exist to help every person in our sphere of influence to encounter Christ, experience biblical community, and extend God's kingdom. You can learn more about us at gracecityeugene.com. Here's the podcast. Tonight, I am going to give us a reminder. We're gonna, it's going to be a, a short amount of time, and I believe that the Lord wants to remind us um, of why he came. Why he came. What are we, why are we celebrating this season? So I want to start off just with a, uh, a little inviting you into my world today. For those of you that have been in church in a while, maybe this is a fair question. If you're like new to church, you're like, what are you talking about? But have you ever just kind of started out a day and felt like you're living in a sermon illustration? Have you ever been, you're like, man, I know there's a lesson here and I better not tell Pastor Chris about this or it's going to make one of the messages. It just feels like a sermon illustration. Um, That was my life today. Um, We have been planning for at least a year as a family uh, to head to Orlando to have celebrate Christmas with Bree's family. Bree's family uh, is in Iowa, and she has a brother in Orlando. And um, so it was like, hey, Christmas time in Midwest or Orlando. Let's try and make this Orlando thing work out. And uh, so we've been looking forward to it. We've been packing accordingly. Like, we've been making all these plans. All the text threads are popping off. Like, you guys know what it is. You're making family plans, and everything's exciting. And I know our kids are looking forward to it. I know my wife and I are looking forward to it. And we wake up this morning to emails saying, your flights are canceled. <laughs> and it was in that moment that I realized that I was putting a lot of excitement and hope and um, hope for things like rest fun, connection, meaning in this season to this trip. And I don't believe that um, I'm, I'm alone if I would say that like in this Christmas season, we can put hope for meaning about Christmas and the, and the memories and all the things in a lot of things besides Jesus. Uh, we can hope for a special gift. You know, we can hope that one of those commercials where a car with a bow shows up in our driveway too. Um, we can hope for just like new layers of family memories and all that stuff. And none of these things are bad. But this morning I was confronted with the reality that like, man, I was putting a lot of hope in my ability to plan, control, facilitate, and coordinate this experience for my family that would yield some sort of respite, some sort of memories, some sort of like thing that we'd be talking about this for years to come. And like I said, I'm not sitting here saying, how dare we have hope about spending time with family and all these other things. But what I am saying is for me, I'll just speak for me, um, I was actually putting more hope in some circumstances and some things I was trying to facilitate and some things I was trying to make happen than in why we're celebrating this season. How can a pastor get on stage at a Christmas celebration and admit that he was putting hope in some family circumstances and coordination more than celebrating the season of Jesus coming and giving his life for us? Well, it's because I'm honest and I don't expect anyone else to be perfect and I'm, I'm the same, right? Like, I was just confronted with that. Now, had I woke up this morning and everything was, was going as planned and we were going to be done with this and drive up, catch the airplane, like, I never would have had to learn at a, more of a depth 
where I was placing my hope and what was misdirected, where I was accepting counterfeit hope and excitement in this season. Again, because sometimes people can hear this and say, man, it sure sounds like Pastor Chris doesn't enjoy his family. No, but what is much more enjoyable is Jesus's presence and the gift he gave us. And so in the, in the midst of all this, it, it caused me to reflect, okay, this can't just be a me thing. Um, and we look at what hope means in our world today. And I started to feel like, well, maybe I'm not so alone in this. Um, I would say that the world has accepted hope to have quite a flimsy mean, uh, meaning, like a flimsy connotation, meaning it doesn't hold up to much. Do you guys relate to that? When you think about what, how hope is used um, these days, we, we often just limit it or minimize it to really cheap, flimsy things. Something like, oh, I hope you get the job. Right? We've, we've heard that. I hope you get that job. I hope you have a good day. I hope that works out for you. I heard that a few times today. Um, I hope you get better soon. And hope just becomes this kind of like flippant like thing you say, maybe out of obligation or maybe because you don't know what else to say, but it can become kind of counterfeit. It's almost like, I don't know what else to do, so I'll hope for you. And I believe this season should be reminding us that hope is much more than some feeling or some platitude in a challenging moment or circumstance. But at the end of this, what I want us to leave with is that hope has a name. We don't just sing the song, hope has a name, Emmanuel. Like we, we, we can sing that and we can read it in Matthew, but the reality is hope and what unlocked hope in our lives is the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to distill this down to today. Jesus gives us confident and assurance hope. Whereas the things of this world, they can be canceled like a flight. They can, anything, it can just go away. And if we're placing our ultimate hope and fulfillment in these things, we're just missing it. We're missing it. And as I was reading some in preparation for this little reminder today, um, and trying to process through my own disappointment in my circumstances, I was reminded of a way in which Jesus often responded in the face of perceived crises, poor circumstances, and challenges to the people he interacted with, to people who were disappointed or anxious or let down or experiencing crisis. There was a way we see him respond, and that was with simple two words, take heart. Take heart. Now, we can read through that and like, take heart, okay, that's kind of weird, that must be that ancient Near Eastern talk, and we can just breeze by it. Or we can recognize that that is used four times in the Gospels, and each time it's Jesus speaking, so maybe we should drill down a little bit and see what he's talking about. The word that he uses there in the Greek is thorseo, thorseo. And again, four times in the Gospels, it's all used by Jesus himself. He says it in Matthew 9 to a paralyzed man who was lowered down uh, to Jesus by his friends who like scaled a roof and found a way to drop him in and took it apart in order to help their friend. He said, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven is how Jesus responded to him. He said it again in Matthew 9.22 to the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years. Verse 22 says, Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. To the disciples alone in the boat out on a storm-tossed sea, we all know this story, right? 
He said, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, do not be afraid. And then to the disciples and to us in John 16, 33, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart. This word thorseo means to have courage and be hopeful. To have courage and be hopeful. How many times do we say having courage necessarily equates to being hopeful? We often like explain them as different things, right? Like having courage seems like some kind of bravado and like um, some high level of faith that just makes us like fight or, or whatever else. Like take courage, like fight the standard, whatever else. And, and hope, like we already covered, is, is really minimized in our world. But this word, as Jesus says, take heart, he's saying... Have courage and be hopeful, like in this moment, in this crisis, in this circumstance. And because of Jesus, we need to realize that we have rock-solid hope that God is with us, that God will save us, and that God won't abandon us. That's what the scriptures tell us. Again, this is a reminder, not a full unpacking, that because of him, we have a rock-solid hope that he's with us. He will save us. He will not abandon us with all of the other things that we put on our wish list and depending on your age you write letters to Santa that you want in this season or whatever it is whatever the Amazon links you're sending to friends and family when they're asking you what you want this season all of those things are cool and all but what we really need is Jesus more of his power and presence in our life in a deep rooted recognition that everything we need was his life given for us on the cross, three days later resurrecting, conquering sin, Satan, and death, and giving us hope in eternity and hope in our salvation. That's what we really need this season, because in his presence, we find courage, forgiveness, healing, and the hope that so many people in this world are looking for. So many people are looking for. You see, the things that I, on a day-to-day, often tend to put hope in, they actually leave me feeling more hopeless than hopeful. Have you ever experienced that? You're like, man, if I could just have this, everything would be cool. I just, if I could do this, if I could have this experience, get this promotion, have this thing, like, I'd be so much better. That would solve all my problems. And every time I put my effort or all my eggs into that basket, however you want to, to say it, like, I end up more hopeless than hopeful. Because there's still something missing. But when we put our hope in the one who created us, when we put our hope in a God who saves, who doesn't just leave us how we are, and he brings us into community to do that with, when we put our hope in the fact that God is with us, that he has a name, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, when we put our hope in the fact that it doesn't fail, but it's victorious, like Jesus didn't fail, Too many people around him thought the cross was the end of the story, but he actually resurrected and brought victory into our paradigm as followers of him. It's a hope that doesn't flee, but it dwells inside of us thanks to the person of the Holy Spirit. This hope, this Jesus, lived a life without fault, yet gave that very life to sacrifice for us. So the price of our selfishness, And our sin would be paid and we could be restored into right relationship with our Heavenly Father, with the God who created us. You see, 
Jesus came in this series of Unlocking Christmas, this short series, Jesus came to unlock hope. He ushered true hope into the world. He unlocked what seemed like an unattainable hope when he came and he gave his life for us, restoring relationship with the Father. He unlocked hope. And it's a hope that brings security and significance because of his sacrifice. It's not a cheap hope that's fleeting from day today. You see, the thing about this hope is it's free to all who would accept it and believe it. It's not like, hey, okay, you go live perfect for three weeks and you come back and get your dose of hope. It's free if you would put your faith in Jesus, that he is who he says he is, and that you would walk out your life in a way that glorifies and honors him. That's all he asks. It's free. You don't have to earn it. And it brings us security, significance, family, purpose, because of what Jesus did. Worship team, you can come back up. Jesus came so that we could not just have a cheap hope, but a holy hope. Ushered in by our Father in heaven, lived out by Jesus Christ, and placed in the followers of Jesus by the person in the presence of his Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended to the heavens, hope did not leave. He sent his spirit to dwell in us so that that hope would remain. He didn't flee, but he remained in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And Matthew 12, 21 says this, And his name will be the hope of all the world. When you're wondering, what can I put my hope in? What brings me hope in this season? Things don't seem very hopeful. Where can my hope be put? Where can I face? Where can I look to for hope? Hope has a name. He'll be the hope of all the world, and his name is Jesus. So my invitation to you tonight as part of this reminder is, will you join me in taking heart in this season? Will you have courage? Will you be hopeful? Will you take heart in every chance you get? And then if you know me, you know what's coming. Will you take it a step further? Will you not just take heart for yourself, but will you help others to take heart in their situations, in their circumstances? When people are hurting because it's another holiday without a loved one, or maybe it's their first holiday without a loved one, or when people are in dire situations and crises and they need to hear that there is hope for them, will you help them take heart? Will you direct them to the only one who gives them a hope that is sustains, that is lasting, that will bring security and significance? Will we stop with the platitudes of, I hope you have a good day, and I hope this, and I hope that? And will we say, can I point you to the hope that I have received? Take heart. Be courageous. Be hopeful. God gave his son so that we could have an unlocked hope, a real hope, a holy hope this side of heaven and in this season would we praise him for that would we remember that would we teach that to our kids would we speak of it in our families and would it resonate deep down in our hearts as we celebrate amen so god i thank you for this reminder i thank you for the gift of jesus i thank you for his work on the cross and i thank you that it is fully sufficient it is all we need that we don't need Jesus and anything. We simply need more of Jesus in our lives. Would you help us to direct our gaze upon him in this season? Would we recognize that hope 
is not just some phrase that we spout out when we're busy or uncomfortable or we don't know what else to say, but that hope has a name. Hope paid a price for us and hope did not flee, but dwells in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. Would you help us to go tell that on the mountain in this season? We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.